Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And a good morning to you. Once again, it's the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge on this Monday. I'm so glad that I'm here to talk sports with you. We had a busy weekend of sports, including locally in Columbus. I will get to that shortly, but we got a great show for you. Going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons' humiliating loss to the Dallas Cowboys. And Dan Quinn, the former Falcons head coach, gets the last laugh. You got the Atlanta Hawks finally breaking a six-game losing streak by beating the defending champs at State Farm Arena. And Georgia was tested early, but they were able to weather the storm and beat Tennessee up at Rocky Top. And they are 10-0 for the first time since 1982. I got to tell you, this was a very busy sports week, and I really was looking forward to getting on this show I don't know how long I'm going to go on the show. Usually these Monday shows, there's a lot of sports content and it causes me to almost go an hour. I really could go an hour talking sports because there was so much stuff going on and I don't want to miss anything. First of all, this is a big milestone for me. This is my 250th episode. I am so proud of the fact that I was able to do this podcast since January of 2020. I attended a virtual workshop for Anchor. And I'm going to try to do some things to get this podcast off the ground. One thing I have shied away from and I really don't want to do is advertising. But I feel as this podcast is growing and I can get to a point where maybe I can do some advertising and it would not affect my content. But I really appreciated the staff at Anchor helping me with some tips on doing podcasts. And now I'm going to take this podcast to the next level. Anybody that's interested in being a guest, I have a lot of Facebook friends on the Facebook page. Just message me in the inbox. We will get you on. You have to have Anchor, and we'll go ahead and we will get a show on the air where you are a guest. I've talked to some local media personnel in the Columbus market, and there is interest in starting a podcast that's just local to Columbus sports, pretty much what I'm doing right now. So anybody that's interested, just inbox me on the Facebook page. Now, let's get right into the show. I watched the Atlanta Falcons get humiliated by the Dallas Cowboys. First of all, what are you doing? You're coming not prepared into Jerry World. The Cowboys humiliated the Falcons 43-3. The former head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, Dan Quinn, who's now the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, pretty much had the game plan. He knew the Falcons' offense. And he shut them down. Well, the Falcons don't really have a running game. And so when you know that Matt Ryan's going to throw, you're going to throw the kitchen sink. You're going to back up. And the secondary is going to do their job. And boy, it would have been nice if the Falcons would have had Calvin Ridley in that game. But that's neither here nor there. The Falcons got embarrassed. And now they have to turn around and play a Thursday night game against a Patriots team that destroyed the Cleveland Browns. That was personal for Bill Belichick. 45-7. to This was the most embarrassing loss that I have ever witnessed 
in the Matt Ryan era. The Falcons only had 217 yards. This is the works of the former GM, Thomas Dimitrov. And I looked back over the years, and even though there were some players that were pretty good players, he completely botched some of their drafts, which caused the Falcons to be in the position where they are. I'm not talking about first-round picks, because Jake Matthews, he's still playing on the team. He was a first-round pick. Vic Beasley had a good year one year. He had 16 sacks, but he's not even in the league. I'm talking about the depth that you have got to get in the second, third, and fourth rounds. And the Falcons whiffed on many of the picks, including this year's pick with Richie Grant. We don't even know if he can play. But one year they picked defensive tackle Rasheed Hagman. They've been swinging for the fences when it comes to these pass rushers, thinking they're going to find a gym. And yes, I admit, in the 2015 draft, they did get Grady Jarrett in the fifth round. That was the same draft where they drafted Vic Beasley. So Grady Jarrett did actually work out very well for the Falcons, but you've got to get some depth. I know Keon O'Neal's not there anymore. He had the injury bug, and now he's with the Cowboys, and they converted him to linebacker. But this is embarrassing. You have got to show up against America's team, which now you've given bulletin board material for Skip Bayless on his show this morning. He is going to praise the Cowboys and talk about how they are the best team in the NFC and they're going to the Super Bowl. That might be true. I think the Cowboys are a very good team. But coming into this game, I knew the Cowboys were going to win, but I thought that the Falcons could give them a game and Matt Ryan could go toe-to-toe with Dak Prescott. First of all, no pass rush for the Falcons. Dak Prescott had all the time in the world to throw the football. He was back there in the pocket, and he can just pick and choose where he wanted to throw, and he torched the Falcons' defense, and it was embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. I really am, and I know that I'm a secondary Falcons fan because, you know, my team is about to get embarrassed tonight on Monday Night Football, and now they're taking on Bill Belichick, who knows he owns the Falcons because the Falcons have not beaten the Patriots In a very long time, and the last time they faced the Patriots, it was on a Sunday night game, but the game before that, we all know they lost that game in the Super Bowl when they were up 28-3. What I fear is the Falcons are going to lose on Thursday because they cannot recover from this game. You've got to have a short-term memory, and you've got to bounce back, and you've got to give the Patriots a good showing because this is a nationally televised game. Everybody knows that the narrative is that the Patriots beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl, and I'm afraid that the Falcons' defense is not going to show up once again, and Mac Jones is going to look like a Pro Bowl quarterback because he has been awesome so far. Three touchdowns against a pretty good Cleveland Browns defense. Unbelievable. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out what happened in this game and the Atlanta Falcons lost the game on a positive note we did have some good things happen in the state of Georgia including the Atlanta Hawks snapping a six-game losing streak by beating the defending NBA champs the Milwaukee Bucks 120 to 100 Trey Young goes off and scores 42 points however they lost DeAndre Hunter to an injury he's going to be out for two months and the Hawks have to turn around and play another game tonight at State Farm Arena against the Orlando Magic. That's only won three games so far this year. So the Atlanta Hawks, they're trying to get back in their winning ways and hopefully they can get a victory tonight as the schedule gets a little bit easier. They had a very tough road trip where they had to play teams like Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, Utah, just 
over and over and over again just these juggernaut teams in the Western Conference. And so hopefully the Atlanta Hawks get a victory tonight against the Orlando Magic. Now moving on to college football. Now I'll get into the NFL, college football, and all that later in the show. But I want to try to get all the local teams out of the way. Georgia, 10-0 after beating Tennessee 41-17. What a great win for the Bulldogs. I watched this game. Coming out, Hendon Hooker had that hurry-up offense, and Tennessee jumps out 7-0. Got Georgia fans a little nervous. I was a little nervous myself because it's a hostile environment. It's Neyland Stadium. It's Rocky Top. You have some really hyped-up Tennessee fans. They're 5-4 and four on the season. They have a very good offense, and Georgia's defense steps up. Now, there were some injuries. Nolan Smith, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Wyatt got injured in that game as well. They were playing without Adam Anderson, who's been suspended indefinitely. The depth is really going to take its toll for the Bulldogs. But Georgia was able to win 41-17. Yeah, Tennessee had a late touchdown there. They were trying to score the most points on Georgia this year. An accomplishment for the Tennessee Volunteers. Don't feel bad for Tennessee. First-year head coach Josh Heupel has got them in the right direction. They got a good quarterback. They're probably going to go 7-5 and and go to a pretty decent bowl game. And that's the expectations right now at Tennessee. I have some Tennessee fans that they're happy if they actually win 7-8 games. But Georgia has pretty much punched their ticket to the college football playoff. And here's why. Because their next two games, heading into the SEC Championship, they take on Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech. Teams that they will be favored by at least 30. I don't even think Charleston Southern is going to get 100 yards on the Bulldogs defense. And then Georgia Tech has been a complete joke this year after losing to Boston College. They only have three wins. Head coach Jeff Collins is done, and it is going to be practically a home game at Bobby Dodd Stadium for the Bulldogs because Georgia Tech is going to give away all their tickets, and Georgia is going to pack Bobby Dodd because the Bulldogs own Atlanta. I can't remember the last time that Georgia Tech beat Georgia in Atlanta. It hasn't happened in a while. Now, I remember that Georgia Tech has beaten Georgia a couple times in Athens. 2008 comes to mind. Now, Georgia, clearly the number one ranked team in the country. There were some shakeups in college football, especially after Baylor beating Oklahoma. That gives Cincinnati a better chance to get into the college football playoff. Here's what I think is going to happen, because Alabama moved up in the polls over Cincinnati, and they beat New Mexico State 59-3. They got two easy games left. Arkansas, which is 7-3 after an impressive win over LSU. Alabama's playing that game at home. That's the 3-30 game on CBS. I think Alabama wins that game. And I think Alabama will win the Iron Bowl because Bo Nix is out for the season. Auburn's season is already lost. They lose to Mississippi State after up 28-3. I know that sounds familiar, but Auburn does it. They give up all those points to Mississippi State at home, and Bo Nix is out for the season. And plus, Texas A&M loses to Ole Miss. So Alabama has punched their ticket to Atlanta. All they got to do is win those last two games, and they should be easy games for the Crimson Tide. Which brings up this scenario. You got Georgia, number one, Alabama, number two, playing in the SEC title game, more than likely. Not sure 
how Ohio State is going to fare against Michigan State or Michigan or in the Big Ten Championship. But if Ohio State, which they should be favored in all their games, if they went out, they should be ranked third. I think that even though Oregon beat Ohio State head-to-head, I think Oregon, they'll probably play Utah in the Pac-12 Championship. They just don't have impressive wins on their resume with the exception of Ohio State. Ohio State has to play all these ranked teams like Penn State. They beat a ranked Purdue team. They have to play Michigan State, Michigan. So I think Ohio State will go three, and then Oregon will go four, and then Cincinnati is going to be on the outside looking in at number five. So if Alabama wins the SEC championship, how far does Georgia fall? Does Georgia go to two, or does Georgia go all the way to four, and then Alabama becomes the number one team, and then they have to play each other in the semifinal game? I think the voters are going to drop Georgia to either two or three, where Georgia does not have to play Alabama in the semifinal game. Get a little ahead of myself. I'm excited about the SEC championship. December the 4th, I cannot wait. It's going to be a great time in the city of Atlanta. Of course it is. It is a great time to be a sports fan here in the city of Columbus because the River Dragons played Friday night at the Civic Center. They got their first win of the season by beating the Carolina Thunderbirds 3-1 to in front of a packed house at the Civic Center. Over 2,500 fans for the opening night game. It was good to see fans at the stadium. And the Columbus State Cougars men's basketball team is 2-0 on the season after getting victories over Barton College and the University of Mount Olive over the weekend. Their first home game will be tonight at the Lumpkin Center at 7.30 against, against Morehouse College. And you can hear that game on Cougar Sports TV on YouTube and 88.3 as Scotty Miller is the voice of your Columbus State Cougars giving the play-by-play. And that is always great to listen to. And hopefully Columbus State can duplicate what they did two years ago by reaching the Peach Belt Conference Final. But hopefully they can get into the NCAA Division II playoffs. That would be a good feat for the Columbus State Cougars. Looking forward to that here in the city of Columbus. And also over the weekend, we had some high school football. Congratulations to Central by beating Theodore. They broke a school record for points, putting up 77 points. And they will have a rematch against the Auburn Tigers in the semifinals, the team they lost to last year in the semifinals. So the Central Red Devils have an opportunity. They are two wins away from winning their first state title since 2018. You had Opelika getting a big victory over Spanish Fort. They're going to play Hueytown on Friday. You had Carver. Boy, it was a busy weekend in downtown Columbus. Over the Civic Center, you had the River Dragons. And over at Memorial Stadium, you had Carver taking on West Lawrence. And they won that game. It was very close in the beginning. But Carver moves on to the second round. And LaGrange got a very impressive victory, a defensive matchup as they win their game 19 to nothing over Baldwin. And they will travel. It's a neutral game. They will take on Marist next week. And how about the Callaway Cavaliers as they defend their AA state title by getting a victory over Peprel at Callaway Stadium over the weekend. Had some good high school playoff games as they will take on Bleckley County, undefeated at 11-0, 6-0 in the region as they will move on to the second round. And we did also have some local single-A private teams that won on Saturday. Congratulations to St. Ampicelli for winning their first playoff game since 2006. And then Brookstone got a victory. And so I will go into detail all these 
teams. Manchester won. Harris County beat Dutchtown. So you have some local teams here in the Chattahoochee Valley that have moved on in the playoffs. And I will include all the playoff matchups on my high school football show on Friday, which I will now include basketball. Congratulations to the Russell County Varsity Boys basketball team for winning their first victory of the season over Bullock County. They will host Barber County tomorrow. As many of you know, I am the PA announcer for the Russell County basketball team for the JV girls and the men's varsity teams. And the first game back in at the Russell County Gymnasium will be December 1st against Beauregard. And so I will be calling that game. And then December 4th, they take on Central. So you don't want to miss that. That's actually going to be a great weekend as we also have the SEC Championship that weekend. That actually is happening right at the same time as I'm calling the game against Central. Pretty cool stuff. Make sure to get the score updates in that game. So, of course, the Atlanta Falcons, they really have to have a short-term memory. And they got to move on because they're taking on the New England Patriots on Thursday. In the National Football League, I'm so glad I have the NFL Red Zone channel. I was able to see all these games. Some of the teams just got blown out, like the Patriots beating the Browns 45-7. to The Bills beating the Jets. I thought Mike White was a good quarterback. He threw four picks in that game. Tom Brady loses a game after coming off a bye. He throws two interceptions in the first quarter against the Washington football team. And now the Buccaneers are 6-3. and three. And Cam Newton returns to Carolina. I tell you, I didn't realize that you can get a 15-yard penalty just by saying the words, I'm back. Well, yeah, he scored two touchdowns, and the two times he touched the ball in the first quarter had a touchdown run, and... He's just shouting to the crowd, I'm back, and he gets a 15-yard penalty. But it's nice to see Cam Newton return to Carolina. He was a fan favorite. And Carolina knows that you can't replace a Cam Newton. They tried to replace him with a Teddy Bridgewater and a Sam Darnold, and it didn't work out. And so Carolina is back in the playoff contention. And it was great to welcome back Christian McCaffrey. The Tennessee Titans, they got a big victory over the New Orleans Saints. Are the Titans the best team in the AFC? They are 8-2. and two. They take on the Houston Texans next week. Could go to 9-2 and two and have a big showdown against the New England Patriots in two weeks. The Tennessee Titans doing it without Derrick Henry. A very impressive team, and they're beating really good teams. The New Orleans Saints had a chance to win that game. They failed on some two-point conversions, and they missed a couple of extra points. So that was a game that they had the grasp of their hands, and they could not get the job done. Trevor Lawrence had a chance to come back as the Jacksonville Jaguars lose to the Colts, but the Colts' defense stops the Jaguars. And the Detroit Lions didn't win a game, but they didn't lose either. So head coach Dan Campbell gets a tie, and the Steelers play without Ben Roethlisberger. He is out because of COVID protocol. They tie the Detroit Lions in a game where the Steelers were driving in field goal range, and they fumble Eight seconds left to go, and the Lions survive the tie. So they're not going to be the worst team in the NFL. They're not going to go 0-17. They still might go 0-16-1. Other games, you got the Minnesota Vikings beating the Chargers. The Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers returns from COVID protocol. Russell Wilson returns from his finger injury. But Russell Wilson gets shut out for the first time in his NFL career. I don't think Russell Wilson was ready to play this game. This was a game where it was a head-scratcher. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers was ready to play either, but Green Bay was at home, 
and they were able to win 17-0. And of course, the Sunday night game, which was close in the third quarter, but Tyron Matthew turned that game around. Are the Kansas City Chiefs back? They beat the Las Vegas Raiders 41-14 to take over first place in the AFC West. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are back, but I think that they're going to have to go on the road in the playoffs. Can Patrick Mahomes overcome a mediocre defense and not make the big mistake? He does have the weapons to include Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Nico Hardman. Has the Kansas City Chiefs turned the corner after this big Sunday night win? If you look at their schedule, oh, they got a monster game next week against the Dallas Cowboys. They have a pretty good schedule where they have to take on some teams like the Chargers, the Broncos, a lot of division games. So they control their own destiny. They can get back into the mix as one of the top teams in the AFC. But right now, the Tennessee Titans, right now, the Tennessee Titans are running away with that conference. Who's the best team in the NFC? Well, you had the Buccaneers lose. The Packers barely beat the Seahawks. The Cardinals lost to the Panthers. The Cowboys had an impressive win over the Falcons. I would say right now it's between the Cowboys and the Rams. And I would not be shocked if the Cowboys play the Rams in the NFC Championship game. I feel that the beginning of the year, Tom Brady could run it back with the Buccaneers as they had all their players back, but it is hard, especially when you did not have Antonio Brown in this game or Rob Gronkowski to run it back, and their defense is not as good as it was last year. And I think that the Buccaneers have a big target on their back, and I don't know if Tom Brady can get the job done. He's still a great quarterback, but he had a bye and he could not beat the Washington football team. Another game you had is, well, the Philadelphia Eagles actually got a pretty good victory as they beat the Denver Broncos 30-3, to and I think that's about it. Tonight, the Monday night game will be the Los Angeles Rams and the debut of Odell Beckham Jr., and the Rams need it because wide receiver Robert Woods is out with an ACL injury. They will take on the depleted San Francisco 49ers after their embarrassing loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to try to bounce back and get the Niners. They cannot win at Levi Stadium, but can they ride the ship and beat the Rams? Because that is one thing that they do well. So hopefully a nationally televised game with all eyes on these two historic rivals, San Francisco and L.A. I know this game sounded very intriguing at the beginning of the season, but with the disaster that the 49ers have, this is their season. They've got to win this game, otherwise they can kiss the playoffs goodbye. The big question that's going around in Gainesville, is Dan Mullen on the hot seat? Well, they won a game over the weekend against Samford University. I'm not talking about Stanford University. I'm talking about Samford University, the small FCS private school out of Birmingham, Alabama. Yes, that Samford University that is in the Southern Conference with Mercer they are not even one of the top teams in the Southern Conference. Florida was able to get the victory 70-52, to but 52 points? Really? You put up 52 points? You gave up 52 points against an FCS team that's 4-6 and six on the season? Florida had to come back in this game. They were down 42-28. to They got a late touchdown to pull it to 42-35. They did come back, but they are 5-5 five and five on the season. And I know that Dan Mullen in his first three seasons at Florida, got them to New Year's Six Bowl games. But the expectations of Florida is 
national championships, finish in the top five, get a top five recruiting class. Florida thought they got a good hire with Dan Mullen. But if you look at their last two head coaches, Will Muschamp and Jim McElwain, Dan Mullen almost has the same identical record. Jim McElwain reached two SEC East title games. Florida just cannot recruit like they used to. And they don't have a top quarterback. Last year, that team was special because they had Kyle Trask and they had Kyle Pitts, one of the best tight ends to ever come out of college football. But this year, after the Georgia loss, and then they go fire Todd Grantham, what are you doing? You're firing your defensive coordinator, and then you think you want to make a change on the defense, and you go out there and you give up 52 points against an FCS school. How embarrassing. I think Dan Mullen is on the hot seat. And don't be surprised if Florida loses to Missouri and Florida State, finishes 5-7, and seven, and misses out on going to a bowl game. That would be the nail in the coffin. And then Florida can maybe go get a big hire like James Franklin or Lane Kiffin. Or Urban Meyer maybe might return to Gainesville. I don't know. But Florida's going to have to fix it. Because they've been trying to replace Urban Meyer and Steve Spurrier, and it's just not working out. If you look at some of the college games happening, I talked a little bit about some of the college football matchups. But we did have some local teams that were very impressive, including Georgia State beating a ranked team for the first time in their school's history by beating Coastal Carolina 42-40. to You also had Georgia Southern beating Texas State. Now Georgia State is 5-5. Five and five. You have Georgia Southern, after beating Texas State, go to 3-7. and seven. Some of the other local teams in Georgia, Kennesaw State continues winning as they beat North Alabama. And then Mercer gets a defensive struggle over Chattanooga in Macon as they won the game 10-6. They are now 7-2 on the season. And the NCAA Division II playoffs are set. We know that West Georgia will take on Albany State in the first round. But where is Valdosta State? Valdosta State loses their first game of the season after losing to West Florida down in Pensacola. But I'm going to have to do my research on that. I'm wondering why Valdosta State is not in the NCAA Division II playoffs. All right, on this show, I do want to give props to the LaGrange Panthers out of NCAA Division III. Now, they finally played a season this year. Uh, but they dropped a game to one of the top teams in NCAA. Huntington College beat them over the weekend at Callaway Stadium, 55-9. to LaGrange finishes its season at 2-8. and This is a promising football program that did not play last year. And so it was nice to have the Panthers, the community of LaGrange, to rally around the LaGrange Panthers. And that is something that I'm looking forward to. And I'm also going to look forward to talking about the LaGrange Panthers and Lady Panthers basketball teams as they have already started their basketball season early on this season. So it's really a great time for all the local teams here in the Chattahoochee Valley, high school and college, to display their talents as they always do. We have high school football, high school basketball, but it's also a time to reflect as we approach the holiday season. And I'm looking forward to spending time with my family for the holidays so I will probably go back to one show a week during the holiday break I will try to get a show in on Monday with next week with Thanksgiving coming up or I will have a Monday show so stay tuned for that well before I close this show 
I had a very significant matchup over the weekend. My alma mater, which I went to see this year, they started the season 2-0. They're now 2-2. Freed Hardman University, which I would love to talk to the sports information director to maybe do a podcast based on Freed Hardman Sports because I used to be the play-by-play announcer for Freed Hardman Basketball and Baseball. Over the weekend, they lost to Faulkner University. Now, why is this a significant matchup. Well, because my wife went to Faulkner and I actually went to Freed Harmon. These two Christian colleges, which I wish they could play every year and just become rivals. Faulkner is a small Christian school out of Montgomery, Alabama. Freed Harmon is a small Christian school out of Henderson, Tennessee. And so they played each other over the weekend and Faulkner won the game 75 to 72. Freed Harmon is now two and two on the season. And I just want to give props to the Faulkner Eagles who did They did win an NAIA title in 2001, and they've won a couple of NAIA World Series in baseball. They have a very good program. Congratulations to the Faulkner Eagles. They have a very good football team that's doing well in the NAIA. They have to take on Point University every year. They're in the same conference. And the Freed Hardman Lions, I was glad that I was able to see them take on Point University, which is a local NAIA school out of West Point, Georgia. And good luck to the Skyhawks as well from Point. Well, that's it. That's all the time I have on the show. Thank you, everybody, that has downloaded my podcast, liked and subscribed to my Facebook channel. I will be back on this podcast on Wednesday as we will recap the college football rankings and we will get into detail about the upcoming college football games coming up this weekend. I'm very blessed I'm able to do this show, so stay warm out there. The temperature is starting to drop in Columbus, and I will talk to you Wednesday. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.